Now, I want to introduce my guest. Her, she is Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Uh, she is the Director of Breast Imaging at Memorial Sloan Kettering. Dr. Uh, Sapphire is a highly regarded radiologist and also a contributor for Fox News and Fox Business Channel. In 2019, she was selected as one of the top radiologists of the year by the International Association of Top Professionals. Her new book, uh, it's a great book, it's called Panic Attack. It's available everywhere. Please join me in welcoming to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday morning show, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. All right, doctor, uh, thanks so much for being with us uh, this morning. Uh, I, I'm thrilled to have you with us. Well, thanks for having me on this gloomy Sunday morning in the Northeast. I'm tired of the gloom. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired. <laughs> but anyway, um, I want to talk about what's been happening with COVID. Uh, over the past week, an average of uh, 163,000 coronavirus cases have been reported each day in the United States. It's an increase, they say, of about uh, 10 to 12 percent from two weeks ago. Uh, and Oregon, Kentucky, and Guam have, have reported more COVID cases in the past week than in any other seven-day period, and Florida as well. Uh, so what's what's going on, Doctor? Give us an update. Where are we on this COVID thing? Well, Judge, you know, we've had a very steep incline of cases for the last couple of months, largely attributed to, to the highly contagious Delta variant, but also uh, removing of some of those mitigation measures. People are kind of going out and about. And also in a lot of those areas that are having a rise in cases, children have gone back to school. All of this has contributed to these rising cases. Uh, the good news is, while cases are still up in many of these areas, the increase uh, is starting to uh, steady out. So we're starting to hit that plateau. And some states are already starting to see a decline in cases. So I do think that we are reaching that peak of this wave. And over the next few weeks and months, you should start seeing a decline in the majority of places. Here in the Northeast, kids are starting to go back to school last week and this week. So we may see, uh, you know, an increase in cases here because of that. But the good news is in many of these areas, you have higher vaccination rates. And so the increase in cases should not mirror that of what occurred in the Sun Belt, where you started to see those health systems being stretched and somewhat overwhelmed. Because when you started seeing that, those were in areas with lower vaccination rates. And also in areas where you had higher comorbidities, obesity, diabetes, and other factors that leads to a rise in hospitalizations. Uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, the thing that that just doesn't make sense to me, and and you're the doctor, I mean, you're the expert, is the fact that uh, I end up uh, vaccinated uh, both and I had COVID, so I have the antibodies, and yet I'm being told that I have to wear a mask when I go into certain stores. They have a policy. I, you know, you could say, uh, Dr. Sapphire, that, well, they don't want to get involved in whether you actually had the vaccine or not. It's just safer. But it, 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 I'm getting tired of wearing a mask when I am not vulnerable, but then they say I may be vulnerable. Am I vulnerable? Well, I always knew you were forced to be reckoned with, Judge, but when it comes to your immunity against SARS-CoV-2, I mean, you are the immune of the immune, having be fully vaccinated and have uh, natural immunity from prior infection. All studies tell us that your immunity is through the roof, so the risk of you contracting COVID is low 
contracting the virus causing COVID is lower. The risk of you transmitting it to someone else is significantly lower. And the risk of you getting a severe illness from the virus if you were to have a breakthrough infection is exceedingly low. So, you know, the recent study that came out of Bangladesh looked at masking. And it was one of the biggest studies to date that actually showed that in communities that were masking, there was really only benefit in the communities who were wearing surgical masks. And even that benefit was modest. And really, those who protected were the elderly. Interestingly, the communities that were chosen were only the communities with low natural immunity rates and low vaccine rates. The higher the level of immunity in the community, the less benefit there is to mask wearing. So for us in the Northeast, where you have high vaccination rates, you have high natural immunity rates, and you have a low-level transmission rates, for people to go out wearing masks, the benefit of that, based on the science, is really very low. And so as a country, we do need to come together and ask ourselves, why are we doing this? What are we doing? We're wearing masks ultimately to protect the vulnerable. But at this point, the vulnerable know who they are. The vulnerable have had a choice to be vaccinated or not. And the real vulnerable are now being given the option to be boosted. And they know to wear a mask to continue to protect themselves. For the generalized population, continued mask wearing really has little benefit. Well, you know, you are so clear. Whatever, whenever I listen to you, I say, she's so right. She makes so much sense. And then I go out in the world and it's crazy again. But let me ask you this, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Uh, the, uh, the FDA uh, had the resignations last week of two pretty high-level individuals who apparently had an objection to the administration pushing the booster shots uh, do you know what that's about and what's with the booster shots? Are they just pushing it? Are they not ready? And why did these people resign? I know you, you may or may not have spoken to them, but it, it's a bad look for the administration. Yeah, you know, Judge, one of the reasons there's a massive loss of trust in the elites and the establishment is because people continue to make claims um, about unproven interventions, but they make it as though they're 100% backed by science when they're really not. The resignation of these two high-level officials at the FDA, mind you, they had been there for decades. And so everyone does retire at some point. Um, however, the timing of their um, putting in for their retirement and putting it in unison was quite suspect. And there were some sources um, within the HHS that said that the retirement announcements came um, because of frustra- internal frustrations in the FDA that the White House and the CDC made the announcements that boosters were going to be available to the general population by September 20th. Well, the FDA hadn't even reviewed the data, whether or not boosters were warranted in the general population. But now the public is, aware, is thinking that they're going to have it be made available and that it's necessary. And not only does this undermine the success and efficacy of the vaccines, But it really puts pressure on the FDA, pressure that they shouldn't be having from external sources. Now, we know it makes sense to the the immunocompromised, those who have had organ transplants, certain cancers, who are on um, high-hitting medications for autoimmune diseases. We have ample data that shows the vaccines, the effectiveness wanes over time in them, and they had a hard time to even develop any immunity to the vaccines at all. We always have this problem with this population. So it makes sense to give them a booster to give them any chance of immunity from this virus. 
When it comes to whether or not the general population needs to be boosted, the data isn't compelling. Yes, we do have some lab studies that show the antibodies do decrease over time at following vaccination. But we don't actually have evidence of whether or not this translates into more hospitalizations and deaths amongst those who are vaccinated because you do have other arms of your immune system that can continue to protect you even after the antibodies wane. Now, is it possible that maybe the elderly or even those over 50 may um, benefit from a booster shot because we know this is the more vulnerable population? Absolutely. That is, that is a definite possibility. But we need that data. We need data to prove that this is actually going to do something to save lives before we start inoculating millions of Americans again. And unfortunately, the biggest problem is that people now think that the two-dose vaccine isn't working. And so, therefore, why would they get two? Because now they're going to need a third. And that just plays to the conspiracy theories and the skepticism. And that was the last thing we needed. And rather than spending millions and billions of dollars to give booster shots to Americans, we should be focusing on sending those vaccines to other parts of the world who don't have access to vaccines, because that's the only way we're going to stop future variants from occurring. Sapphire, that is so well said, because I'm not even going to ask a question about uh, the fact that you know, when you talk about other parts of the world, they're coming in through a southern border. Now we're flying them in from Afghanistan. Uh, it is it is a nightmare. But I have one last question. Um, you said that there are benefits to a surgical mask. What is, the, what is a surgical mask, and are the cloth masks not as good as a surgical? What is a surgical mask? Okay, so so masks are certainly not one size fits all. And in the United States, I'd say more than 90% of people, certainly more than 99% of U.S. children are wearing cloth masks, whether they be just a bandana, whether they be whatever thing you're buying at the store that looks like clothing. Those, there's really no data to show that that does much to not only reduce transmission or protect you or those around you from the spread of this virus. You know, there is a thought that there has some filtration effect, minuscule at best, but if our goal is to reduce viral load, they honestly wearing a cloth mask is going to be better than nothing. Um, that doesn't translate to children wearing them long term because there are consequences to that. A surgical mask is not your high-grade N95 or KN95. Surgical masks are other are things that you can buy at CVS or Walgreens or any of those local pharmacies, and they have, you know, they look like you'd see a picture of a doctor wearing um, over the face, and then they have the little um, like rubberized loops that go across your over your ears. Those have a higher filtration efficacy than those cloth masks. Not as good as those high-grade medical masks, but it's not practical to think that people can wear those high-grade medical masks all day long the way that doctors and nurses are doing. Um, But so the biggest study that has come out looking at masks has shown that communities that are wearing those surgical masks did have a moderate decrease in transmission. But again, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a substantial, but there was a decrease in transmission and it really showed the benefit was to the elderly it was still helping them to be healthy. But again, we can't even translate that here to the U.S. because the communities that they looked at had very low immunity rates. And as your immunity rates rise, the benefits of masking declines. So the more immunity we have, the more vaccinated people become, the less effective masks are going to be because we, they're not going to have that big of a benefit. 
Interesting. Well, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, as always, we thank you for uh, your clearing up a lot of these issues, but your brilliance uh, and your, you know, your dedication to this issue is is of a great help to so many people around the country. Uh, thank you for being with us this morning on the Judge Jeanine Pirro Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, and thank you for all that you do. God bless. You take thank care. You so much for having me.